Aloha, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Triple F Podcast, Faith and Family First. I'm your host, Eva Andrade, and I'm here with Jim Hochberg. And hey. we are going to be talking about reproductive health care access. You don't want to miss the conversation today. So let's chat about that. Wonderful to be here again with you, Jim Hopeberg. Well, thank you very much, Eva. I like to say Jim Hopeberg, Hopeberg, Hopeberg. Do you remember how I used to do that too in the early days of our podcast? And somebody told you to stop and it wasn't me. No, because, um, yeah, the, the person who was in charge back then said stop doing that. But see, when I watch all these great podcast people, they always do that in case somebody just tunes in. So, so well, I think you should call me Joe Rogan because then I'd be worth a hundred million bucks. Oh, okay. Do you identify as Joe today? I don't know. He was an MMA guy. Not really. My apologies to Joe Rogan. <laughs> okay. So on the eve before Roe versus Wade, we had a very interesting announcement by our health and human services director, your friend, your, Mr. your dear friend, Mr. Becerra. The guy with no um, medical credentials to run health and human services. Yeah. Yeah. So he basically... Um, made an announcement that there is going to be a brand new first ever task force on studying the very important issue of reproduction and gender. And I think I thought we should talk about that today. Well, and it's kind of interesting because there also happens to be a case pending at the U.S. Supreme Court on the issue of viability versus other cutoffs for abortion on demand. In the Dobbs case. And that, I think, is what's really driving the Department of Housing and Human Services to do this attempted and run around the Supreme Court's ruling that will come out sometime this year, oh, first I, half of this year. I, I think everybody, um, whether you're on the pro-life side or whether you're on the pro-choice side, you're running around like a chicken without a head. I mean, some people are more excited than others, but um, I do think that the pro-choice side of the aspect, and I'm going to throw our Health and Human Services director into that pot because all of his prior cases, even before he was in this position, he was a major supporter of Planned Parenthood. I'm not necessarily oh, no, no, talking about right. financially. I was trying to say that he was not completely pro-abortion. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm digging this in so they know kind Got of it. where we're, where we're starting in this. So, um. It's very interesting because when he announced that this new, um, I, I want to call it a task force, but um, it's it's not really a task force. It's the force. task force on reproductive health care access. That's the name of it. Now, the who are the co-heads of this task force is um, Health Admiral Rachel Levine and Health and Human Ser um, Services Assistant Secretary for Global Affairs, Lois Pace. Okay, now they're the they're the co-heads of this, and I think what some people are finding very annoying about the co-heads of this task force is that one is a biological male who identifies as a female. So I know we're going to Rachel gonna, Levine. Yeah. So people are going to don't. I'm just saying that what's out there. Okay. I mean, I'm not trying to make a comment one way or another on on Ms. Levine or however you want to call her. But in any case, um, so. If this person is heading up a task force, there is going to be some obvious support in the direction that they want it to go, correct? Um, 
in certain branches of American politics, there is a group that has little disregard, little regard for, for truth, because truth doesn't advance their cause, and, and they are way more interested in winning political battles over sharing truth, and I think that the current federal executive branch administration under President Biden fits very well with hardly any wiggle room into that group. So I expect that this is all orthodoxy about abortion rights because the Dobbs case very well could change the abortion jurisprudence from Roe v. Wade to Dobbs. Absolutely. And, and they're very concerned about that because for that part of our politics, that group in our politics, abortion is kind of like a church sacrament, actually, hmm. in, in my opinion. Well, that, that you can tell what somebody believes in when they push as hard as they do on it, right? And this is one of those issues that, to me, you're on one side or the other. I don't know that this is one of those issues you can be in the center. I think that um, people, when it comes to the issues of life, now I'm talking about abortion, people are normally on one side or the other. You may have some people that may feel a little gray in the area of rape and incest, but I think for the most part, people are pretty secure. Now, I want to I well, well, go back before to... Before you before you. Well, wait, no, we're going to talk. I know where what, you're going. What I, I want to make sure that we understand, because this is this completely supports the statement that I made. This abortion rights strategy that was announced that also had almost $7 million distributed to Planned Parenthood across the uh, country. It's actually being handled by the part of the national strategy on gender equity and equality that the White House published. Now, I, want, I, I was going to say, because I was getting... I and, knew but what were... I wanted to ask is, what does transgender communities have in common with abortion rights communities? Not a lot. Biologically. No, but it's a choice. Yeah. The argument is always going to come back to choice. But I want to, you said something that I want to tack on. You talked about the $6 million, right? Yes. Um, I, I want people to understand um, that when you're talking about money, right, some people will dismiss it outright because in the grand scheme of budget, $6 million seems like a little bit. Thirty trillion, six million. Yeah, you know, some people are like, eh, eh. my income, six million. It's a lot of money. But, but I went to go look at how they're going to break down this six million, and mm -hmm. I, I want people to know that Hawaii has the most of that. Mm -hmm. We are a very small state here. We have what is it, one point two million people in the state of Hawaii? One point three. One point three, um, and the majority of that money, one point six million, is going to come right here. Uh, one point five. I stand corrected. But it's to, only to the state of Hawaii. A thousand dollars less than Alabama, which got a million four ninety nine thousand. Yes, but the point I make. So is, I mean, it's it's not like we're getting a big chunk and everybody else. Well, gets no, changed. but but when you look at everybody else, though, everybody else is Correct. getting change. Correct. Um, so you've got Jefferson County Board of Health in Alabama that's getting the one point four nine, and then you've got Hawaii Essential Access Health that's getting mm -hmm. one point five. Okay, so Hawaii is a small state. But what people don't know is we are the hub for Planned Parenthood of the greater Northwest. Correct. And um, we say it all the time that they are rolling in funds 
They have an $8 million building. They have building an $8 downtown. million dollar building in the heart of downtown Honolulu. And, I mean, we could do a whole show right now on prices of housing here yep. in the state of Hawaii. So they are sitting on a gold mine mm -hmm. just in, in where they're located. But, again, looking at this whole national strategy that they're talking about, what are they going to do? And if you read the report, which you and I did, mm -hmm. you and I read the report from beginning to end, I found it very interesting. And we're going to talk about some of the things we found interesting about that. But what scares me is 1.5 million saturated in the state of Hawaii to really do education and lobbying. That's really what Probably. It's about. Maybe it's to pay doctors to do abortions. There is a problem getting doctors to do abortions. And a lot of this money out of the Biden administration on the abortion issue is being sent around the country so they can incentivize doctors to go ahead and, and take babies' lives. Yep, absolutely. So let's talk about this this report. You know, it's about a 40-plus... 40 43, I think. ...page report. Um, I will tell you the first thing that was glaring to me, and it's funny because you and I had read it separately and came together, and the first thing we noted that in a report of this magnitude, and it is a it's magnitude... You. They have tons of times where they're saying 80% of this and 60% of this and 20% of people believe this and all this. And this is a problem and that's a problem and this is what we but have to do. But absolutely no zero data. No data. footnotes. No data I, I could not verify where they got any no. of their and, data. And you won't. And here's why. Because this reading this thing drove me back to the Saul Alinsky's 13 tried and true rules for creating meaningful social change. This entire 43 pages is nothing more than political gobbledygook with no data to support it. But here's why. When everybody must know because of President Obama and Hillary Clinton, who Saul Alinsky was, he wrote a book in the 60s or 70s called Rules for Radicals. His philosophy was you work within the system, but you game the system. He had a different tact than like the Weather Underground, which was like, let's blow up buildings to change America. So he said, no, you work within the political system, but you game it. And he had these 13 points. So one of them, number eight. And I'm going to read you this one and tell me how many times you think you might have seen that going on in here. Number eight, keep the pressure on, never let up. Keep trying new things to keep the opposition off balance as the opposition masters one approach, hit them from the flank with something new. How about number 10? The major premise for tactics is the development of operations that will maintain a constant pressure on the opposition. It is this unceasing pressure that results in the reaction from the opposition that are essential for the success of our campaign. So when you're reading this stuff, I mean, it's it's word salad, and it's, it's like a whole bunch of uh, PR people sitting around in a room trying to figure out how they can convince you that something is true. No, I had to laugh because when I read the fact sheet, and we'll put the links to all of this stuff, as we always do on the bottom, when I read the fact sheet that HHS put out on this particular task force, and to show you that I'm telling the truth, I highlighted the difference between the us and them, talking about exactly what you did. Mm -hmm. Now, you would think that a task force would be responsible and provide facts. 
Number one, you would footnotes. Hope. This is what you're hoping, right? That if you're going to give me a statistic, you're going to tell me where you got the statistic so that I can I can believe you, that I can trust you. But I was laughing because when I was reading their their fact sheet, this is how they describe the R side. Undermining access, disruption, exacerbated inequalities, chilling effect, right? And then when they're describing what they're trying to do, it's protect, meaningful, bolster, priority. And I thought to myself, if somebody is not double checking where they're getting their information, you would think the government, I got to trust the government, right? They're saying that all of this is a disruption and it's an exacerbation and it's all this bad stuff. But it's not. And that's proof. Prove to me what you're saying. Well, let's look at the very first section. Section one, the guiding principles of this task force. First sentence of section one, the guiding principles. Gender equity and equality are imperative to strengthening communities, economies, and nations. Says who? <laughs> what? And there's no, they, they don't cite a footnote where any professor ever published anything on that point, they just make it up. And then they say, we envision a world where every person has equal opportunity, where their safety and security are guaranteed. Okay, Those now, are all very I, good I, ideas. I was going to say, what? I was going to say, as I read the report, I had to agree. So I want to make sure that we're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. There's a lot of what they're trying to do in here that I thought are a good thing. If they use gonna, words that are agreeable. Well, I, no, I'm talking about... They have a different mission. This is not their mission. Well, no, but I mean, when they're talking... You're right, and, and we'll talk about that. But I mean, when they're talking about how women have worked long and hard to be treated fairly in the workplace and in sports, I laugh because everybody's going, yes, we... And Keep the transgender true. guys but, out of the girls' but, swim team. Yeah, but, I mean, that's And that's what thing. I noted. I said, because when, when you throw in... Equity, and we talked about that on a past a show, We've right? We talked about it a lot. Um, equality versus equity, you're in a whole bunch of mucky muck water when you start doing that because everybody wants people to be fair and treated fairly, especially if you worked hard. Women worked hard for the right to vote. Correct. And, and I want women who are doing the same job as a man to get paid the same amount as that man. I don't want her to be treated different. If they're doing the same job, if they are doing exactly the same job. What I don't want is for women that have worked so darn hard to excel in sports, to have their records obliterated by someone because they identify female. I'm not talking about not showing that person respect and dignity because all people should be shown respect and dignity. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about if they're going to follow these guiding principles that they're throwing in there, then it... What this does is it shows that they're talking out of both sides of their Exactly, mind. because this administration is going to replace Justice Stephen Breyer with a black woman on the Supreme Court. They don't even know who she is. It's not a human being. It's not a qualified person. It's some unknown person, and the qualifications are you have to be female and you have to be African American, which are two very irrelevant qualifications to be on the United now, States Supreme now, Court. Now, if McDonald's put a, a sign outside saying that they were only going to hire the next white person that applied. Or the next woman uh, that's a person of color. Whatever. Would, would McDonald's be in trouble? They would be in <laughs> violation of the labor laws. That's the whole point. So this is the same administration writing this task force paper 
having this task force do what they're doing. It's the same administration that's going to put a woman that's a black woman on the Supreme Court. They don't even know who she is. She doesn't exist yet. She doesn't have an education in particular. She doesn't have a history of being a good judge in particular, but they already know that's what they're going for. So that's why all of this 43 pages, I call it gobbledygook. Let me, let me read you another one. Advancing gender equity and equality is therefore both a moral imperative and a strategic oh, one. I really? I, I, I mean, did. come on. I did. This, this strategy is the first ever U.S. gender strategy produced by the White House Gender Policy Council, which will guide its impl implementation. So the Gender Policy Council is now running abortion policy. That's well, what doesn't make sense to me. Well, I, I, the whole thing, I mean, I did, I read it with a very open mind, and I want to be honest with that. I wanted to make sure if we were going to talk about it today that, that I knew what I was talking about for one thing. But the other thing is I wanted to see if there was any good in it. Like, does the whole thing have to be thrown out or can we pull out? And I was thinking they really did do a good job, and I mean that loosely. In a PR sense. In a, a, of putting in some things that regular, reasonable people are going to agree with. So you're not going to want to throw out the whole thing. And I thought, well, okay. I would throw out the whole thing because I don't believe they mean well, those good things. Well, I my my two big things, and this is what we were taught in science. And uh, let's talk science, okay? We we were taught we were taught that if you're writing a research paper, they have got to be able to double check yep. all of your resources. And the teachers, I don't know about your school. I went to a private school, so maybe it was a little different. School. They checked. They checked, okay? They would come back and go, Eva, because back this was back in the days where you had to actually pull an Encyclopedia Britannica out of the, you know. and You and didn't actually, use the card catalog? You used the Encyclopedia? Use the card I mean, I don't want to comment right below right now if you had to do research doing the old Encyclopedia Britannica. This was long before um, Wikipedia and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, um, so my biggest problems about this was, number one, that there were no footnotes. So I had no idea where they were yeah, getting their statistics. Bull. But if it wasn't bull, they would have been happy to footnote. Well, no, the other thing that that I was like, holy moly, at the very end, they thank all the people who put this report together, but they don't say who these people are. Oh, we just thank all those, you know, uh -huh. blank people, you know. I mean, they threw out, you know, we thank all the medical professionals and we thank all the doctors and nurses and kids you know that are part of the lgbtq lmnop plus you know group i'm sorry i don't mean that to be I'm, that's what i usually say i'm surprised to hear you well i was i was talking hmm. really fast i apologize i didn't mean to offend no, anyone i'm but actually wearing off on her this is know, nice this is, so but i mean the but the, so but the point is it's like you know if if you if the government wants me to get behind what they want to do and did we not were we not told a million and one times Okay, maybe a million and two, that this government was going to be transparent. They're not. Right? It's in here a million times. <laughs> We're going to be transparent. Start with your reporting. Well, yeah. And okay, please, professors out there, pull this report and tell me what you would grade this. If a student turned this report into you, tell me what you would grade it. But not for an advertising public no, relations no. class. And, and not, this was an advertising public... I have a journalism degree. Yeah. I took a class that, on that advertising an and public this relations. This would be an A. This is fabulous. No, it, it actually <laughs> is. Maybe they should they should help us promote the show. 
Uh, no, I mean, okay. So yeah, let's be honest. I mean, if you're a scientific physician or researcher, I mean, come on, let's be fair that this is... So task am. forces in government, I know by personal experience, uh, are not intended to do things that we all assume a task force is. We assume a task force is going to be fairly distributed in philosophical approaches so that everything's covered and it's all honest and true. And when the government makes a task force, that's not why, unfortunately. Yeah, you, okay, you were on a task force and you were highly outnumbered. I have served on the Hawaii Commission for Civil Rights. Um, and, uh, yes, and, you did. And I, yes. And, and when we, pres and when we, stop, <laughs> just stop now. When we presented our reports and findings, Jim, we had links to every single document that, that we were referencing. But your group probably, and I never went to any of the meetings, but my guess is the people on the group came with preordained positions and they stuck with them. But And that's fine if you have documentation supporting what you're saying. See, if I'm sitting in a debate, we were taught this in freshman year of high school, we were forced to take debate. I went to private school, everybody took debate. This wasn't debatable. <laughs> Um, you had to take it. And I remember, and I have to share this story because I think it's hilarious. And I think it will kind of, not only will it date me, it'll show why we do what we do. Um, so I'm a freshman in high school. And because my last name is Andrade, same name, um, they would go based alphabetically, right? And we had to do an impromptu debate. And so they started, before you get into the debate. I think they, they called it extemporaneous. Well, no, they called it, no. They called it, at that time, they called it a... Um, um, impromptu speech because what they did is that before you get into debate they want you to be able to speak publicly right so basically they threw all these modern day topics into a hat and it was literally a hat it was this big black hat and they passed it around and you had to pull a topic out of there and you had to give a three-minute impromptu speech on it this is in 19 I don't care if I date myself this is in 1977 you can probably marry yourself next year after the legislature changes the law again, but go ahead. Okay. So 1977, I pull out of the hat Frank Fossey. Now, I need you all to know, for you in Hawaii, you know who Frank Fossey is. As a freshman in high school, I had no idea who this guy was. Oh, I knew funny. I knew he was running for office. I knew he was running for mayor. <laughs> you know, I knew that, but I didn't know anything about what he believed. So I gave a three-minute impromptu speech on why he would make a great mayor. And you're graded on the spot. So my teacher, after I was done with doing the, the debate, she, she said, tell, told the class, I'm going to give Eva an A, and let me tell you why I'm going to give Eva an A. I know Frank Fossey, <laughs> and nothing she said was true, but she made me want to vote for him. That is what we're talking about here. That's we're what this is. We're talking Absolutely. about people who are just able to sell an idea in such a way that people jump on. And I have to get on my soapbox. I'm on my soapbox right now. I want people to do critical thinking. Absolutely. I want people to take a moment to research before they speak about what they're talking about. I don't care if you're on the left or on the right, if you're a Democrat, if you're a Republican. I don't care. What I want to know is that you're making this decision based on science. science. This is a medical task force. It should be based it on should biology. Be based. It, should it should be based on science. It should be. And you know what? I am a heartful person, and you know this, right? I do. I do care about individuals. I care about where people are at. I do care about people that are struggling with gender ID. I don't treat people differently because I they're, I mean, I do as, love as all people. As we both know, 
Jesus died for every single person. Yes. Every single yes. one. But on the other hand, I want to I want to think reasonably. And when I'm thinking about some of these swim like the swim teams that we're all talking about right now, these girls have trained for years to be on the swim team to to aspire to get that record. You yep. know. Well, it'll it so there's Girls sports teams in the high schools across the state. I feel the most sorry for the neighbor island girls teams where these girls can possibly get a scholarship off of Kauai or Maui or whatever, Molokai, Lanai, to get to do something completely different from what their family's ever done before. And it can get squashed by a transgender guy taking the title. I, I know, but then, okay, now here's the, here's the, here's the, the heart part of me, right? Um, and maybe this will help segue into where we go from here. I mean, this is, this is what they're working with. This is what they're going to follow, right? But how do we minister then to that transgendered person who wants to play sports? What do we do with them? You know, do we tell them they can't play? Or, I mean, do we, creating a separate league for them would be unfair. I mean, well, so, it's so what's not the fair. answer? It's not unfair. Because the word sports connotes for me sportsmanship. Did you say connote? Yeah, that means it means no, I don't in my thinking means. subjectively <laughs> fairness, sportsmanship, and transgendered boys in girls sports is not fair. And so I think it is fair for sports a potential resolution of that issue may be another league. I don't know. But before we run out of time, I want to go back to Saul Alinsky because he also quoted Alex de Tocqueville, the French philosopher that came to the United States in the early 1800s, kind of traveled around all over and wrote a book. And he quotes Alex de Tocqueville as saying, Alex de Tocqueville, the French philosopher, gravely warned, quote, that unless individual citizens are regularly involved in the action of governing themselves, self-government would pass from the scene. And we cannot let the government get away with this. We have to self-govern. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We can't let this just pass. We have to make our objection to the non-scientific process known to this task force. And, and you can do it simply by just, um, you know, sending an email yeah. um, to, and you can just simply say, what are your, what are your sources? Please send me the footnotes. You know, I, I'd love to get the sources. Um, you know, as always, Jim and I encourage you to stay plugged in, um, always with grace and knowledge. That's, that's our yep. new thing, grace and knowledge, so that you know you're doing the right thing and that you're doing it with spirit of grace. Um, stay plugged in because we're going to continue to have these conversations. Um, and sometimes they're going to be difficult conversations. Sometimes they might even cause somebody discomfort to listen. But we want you to know that we love everybody. And in spite of the fact that we argue about some things, yeah. we do agree that everybody should be treated with respect and dignity. So you want to stick around for the show next week. Um, as always, stay plugged in, like and subscribe, and share this video with your friends. And we'll see you next week. Mahalo, everybody. Aloha. Thank you.